Hi there, I'm Lane, and you're listening to J.H.R. McGill Podcast, a student-led, student-run show that aims to teach you, our listeners, about human rights in the Montreal community and beyond. Thank you for listening, and follow us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts to learn more. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome to the fourth episode on migration for the podcast of Journalists for Human Rights, McGill University Chapter. I'm Lily Broach, and today we'll be talking about the international student perspective at McGill. As of fall 2019, more than 30% of the 40,000 students enrolled at McGill are international, hailing from over 150 countries. Today, we will be listening to the experiences of three international students. To protect the identity of students sharing their opinions, all students will remain anonymous. I am in my last year of chemical engineering, um, last and fourth year, um, and I am a Sri Lankan citizen. I'm a U2 cognitive science student under the arts and science faculty. I'm in my second year, but I came in as a U1, so that's why I'm U2. And I think I'm going to graduate in 2023. I'm a U2 right now, but I'm probably going to do four years, so I plan to graduate in 2023 in the spring. I'm a German citizen, and I have a U.S. visa and a Canadian permanent resident card, but I would say I kind of identify as all three of them, just because I've spent half of my life in the U.S., half of my life in Germany, and now I'm starting a new chapter in Canada and also on the way to getting my citizenship here. We then talked about why they chose McGill and what drew them to Canada. I knew someone that had gone to McGill a while a while before I started, and they always had really good things to say about it. McGill's known to be like a really, I, 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 I guess, diverse student body, and the city is really vibrant. So I think that was what um, ultimately, you know, the fact that it was cheaper, and then ultimately I knew I was picking someplace that was known to be good for students um, or tradition in you know in the traditional sense like it, it's a good city and it has a nice campus and things like that it just it just came down to to picking someplace that was um, more financially feasible and in an environment that was more stable and I think McGill checked those boxes for me as opposed to um, well I guess one thing to note is that McGill is the only school I applied to in Canada um, so it was either here in, in Canada or um, some other schools in the U.S. Like before I came to Montreal and I came to McGill, I literally did not know that Montreal existed. I don't know why it was like a blip in my um, mind. But like when I applied for all my U.S. schools, um, like people in my family told me to like look at Canadian schools and um Montreal, I mean, McGill is like the cheapest school as well. So it was really easy to get in and it was cheap. And that's why I came here. I um, I always had Canada on my radar for university because um, my parents had made it pretty clear that I wasn't going to go to college in the U.S. just because of how high tuition is there. So that was never one of my options after high school. And um, the reason I decided on Canada was because I got the PR card. So I got permanent residency for Canada and I had it throughout high school. So I always knew that Canada would be an option because of the reduced tuition and like the government subsidies for tuition. 
Um, so that's why I decided to come to Canada. And I guess like McGill specific, what I was really drawn to is that McGill has such a like, um, I guess European or um, more like French feel, which I thought was really appealing. I took French in high school, which is um, why I wanted to come to Quebec and, you know, maybe learn French a bit more and get better at French. But I was also just really interested in McGill because I still have a lot of roots in Europe and I wanted to have like the European job market as an option after graduation as well. And I thought McGill would be able to give me like the Canadian job market, the US job market and the European job market as well. So it's really hard to straight out of college, get a job um, in the US if you're um, from a European university, just because they don't have the same type of networking and career services and also name recognition. So in that direction, it's really difficult, um, which is why since one of my other options after high school was to go to university in Germany, which is why I didn't want to do that because I knew I always wanted to keep all of my options open and it would just be so much more difficult. But then also since it attracts a lot of um, French citizens or French students. Um, it has the same or a similar name recognition in Europe. And um, I guess if you go to a North American university, it's never too difficult to break into the European job market, but it is the other way around coming from a European university and then trying to you know, get a job in Canada or the US right out of college. So I just like that McGill kind of offered me everything because um, it has students from all around the world and thus it has alumni networks all around the world. And um, it was definitely a lot more international than some other schools I'd looked at. Next, we talked about the application and immigration process needed for applying to McGill. It was all very, it wasn't necessarily hard. It was very tedious, you know, cause there's five for your CAQ and then you have to wait. It was close to a month to get like the letter back. And then you just send all of that information with a separate application um to to the canadian embassy and i live in oman i lived in oman and we didn't have an embassy so we had to like fedex it to um the uae so it was just all it was just a logistical nightmare i think it might be different now it might just be a little bit easier but at the time you couldn't apply online it had to be you know all paper um it just took a long time and it was quite a bit of work um yeah, I think if I had to, if I had to like pick one particular part of it that was tough, I think it was just the, it was just filling out the the application for um, my study permit. The first time I sent it, it got rejected because some one particular thing wasn't on there, right? So I had to do it all over again. So just very sort of just a frustrating process. I was not fun. My only problem was that like I procrastinated getting the immigration documents after getting the McGill, um, the, e the, the email to confirm that like I got into McGill, like the acceptance email, yeah. So like after I got the acceptance email, like I procrastinated for a few months before I decided to like accept it and uh, also apply for the immigration stuff. So I was gonna, I actually might've missed like the start of semester if it didn't come faster. Like I got it literally, I had to book my flight before even getting it. And I got it, like, thankfully it came like two days before. Next, the students gave some advice about applying to McGill as international students. Um, start as early as possible and just be very thorough. Like don't leave any room for them to reject, for like immigration to reject your, um, 
application based on you know something that you didn't fill out right or a mistake that you made just like be very thorough with checking all of your documents and information this didn't really apply to me because i'm a pr but i would definitely say get your study permit early i've heard a lot of um stories during covid now of people not getting their study permit on time and with travel restrictions you always just want to be sure that you know you have all your documents in order and you have everything you need to cross the border because so many people have all these different stories of, you know, oh, my study didn't, permit didn't come in time or I drove up to the border and my parents weren't let in. And, you know, with the winter just, you know, in full swing now and I, it's not gonna get, um, like the, all the border restrictions aren't really gonna go away. We then discussed future plans to stay in Montreal and Canada. Yeah, like going home right now is a little bit of a hassle. Like it's, it's, it's a lot of work. Well, there was a period of time when I couldn't go home at all over the summer. And, um, and then so I just, just decided to stay here for the fall. Um, ideally, I'd stay in Canada, um, probably not Montreal. Um, but I, I do plan on, you know, getting a work permit and then eventually, hopefully a permanent residency and then citizenship. So that's like the long term goal. But I do want to stay and work in Canada just because I feel like um, it's it's good experience, you know. Like my, I am an engineering, and I feel like there's a lot of opportunity for chemical engineering, especially in Canada. So it makes sense to stay here and try to establish myself um, in Canada. Not necessarily Montreal, but um, I do plan on staying. I think like for Montreal, I'm definitely not staying because I can't speak the language, and I don't think I'll be able to speak the language even like after staying here for two more years. So like Montreal out of the question, like whether I'm planning to stay in Canada post-university, I don't really mm-hmm. know either. Just because like visas and like opportunities and stuff, um, I don't know whether I'm planning to go home either. So it's like a big question mark. I mean, I plan on staying here until graduation, obviously. Um, over the summers, I mean, my summers I'll probably spend in Toronto or somewhere else just because internships as well it kind of goes hand in hand with the job market idea of you need to know French fluently. Like I've been looking at a lot of internships for the summers here. Um, so just like not an actual official like job, just internships. And they all require you to be somewhat like fluent or bilingual, mm-hmm. um, which has definitely been a huge barrier to kind of break into the Montreal internship slash job market and it's kind of made it difficult to stay here or maybe even like conceive or perceive myself having a career here Um, and then my family just kind of misses um, their friends in the U.S. and our old house and stuff like that so um, our Canadian stay probably won't be um, for that long. I guess COVID or like I would more specifically say like McGill's response to COVID has definitely made it pretty difficult to kind of formulate a plan on where I should be. So I spent um, the fall semester this year in Montreal and um, because I thought like, oh, you know, being here and they're probably going to have some in-person activities so you can get somewhat involved on campus and feel a little um, bit like you're a part of the McGill community. Um, but then obviously Montreal went into red zone and I feel like from there on it became a lot more difficult. Additionally, we talked about cultural identity and representation at McGill. Definitely, definitely don't 
think of myself as Canadian. Um, I do I, I do think of myself as Sri Lankan, um, just because I, I haven't lived there long, but I feel like I have um, some form of, you know, roots there. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely don't identify identify as Canadian. I've, I've you know, like in the grand scheme of thing, I've, things, I've only lived here for a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like the the question of identity identity is kind of it's it's a little confusing because um, or or for me particularly because I've lived like lived in a lot of different places. Right now, my family lives in um, Oman and. I live there on a visa so at some point you know the visa runs out or like it, it, it expires and then um that's not home anymore either so I think like it doesn't bother me very much but I think at a certain point I want to um you know find some place that's permanent and hopefully Canada can be that but right now I don't I don't think of myself as um Canadian no Sure, like the diversity of people I've met here. I've just met I've met people from all over the all over the place that I didn't expect to. You know, like you 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 know it's going to be a diverse campus, or like there's lots of international students here. Um, but until like I came here and met people and talked to them, I didn't realize the extent to which you know people there's literally people from everywhere. Um, and I think that's one of the the like the biggest plus points um for like my experience here is just it's just all the all the really new experiences I've 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 um been able to have and all the things I've been able to do and I know this is very very like cheesy and this is what everyone says but it's really it's true like there's definitely shortcomings within like within like my program or within whatever McGill admin etc but student life has not been disappointing it's it's been really I it's it's definitely exceeded my expectations pan-asian culture is so varied that like me being from Singapore is so different from like someone being like uh, American born Chinese or like a Canadian born Chinese which mm-hmm. is so different from someone from like like mainland China it's like ethnically we might be the same but like culturally speaking is it's so different um i mean it's mcgill has a really great um club or i guess school organization for um german i guess people that are interested in german culture or people studying german culture or people that are german it's the german studies association and it has um great leadership and like really cool activities and stuff so i've been able to get kind of involved with that just by being a member We also discussed personal experiences with homesickness and advice on how to deal with it. Yeah, no, I'm in Montreal right now, so I didn't, um, I haven't been home for a little bit over a year. Um, It's a little bit weird because at the beginning, I think first semester, I wasn't homesick at all. I was just really excited to be here. You know, I think that um, there was just a lot happening and you're meeting like all these new people. So I, I didn't really miss home at the beginning. But then when things calm, calm down a little bit and you've kind of got your routine, I definitely did miss home. But um, up until like this year, I've been home at least once a year. And sometimes I think last year it was, I went home for um, winter break and then also in the summer. So I've been home pretty regularly except for this past year where I've not been able to travel. 
Um, so I think like I didn't feel, I do, I did feel homesick sometimes, but not, it wasn't debilitating. You know, I think I had a good enough kind of social circle here. I also had lots of international friends so we could relate to like what we were all feeling, you know, it was like missing home, but also like just trying to deal with, um, you know, adapting to a new, to a new life. You know, you, you have to transition out of living at home at some point. Uh, like varying degrees, I would say. Like there's an aspect of like homesickness where you want like things to be done for you the way you grew up, like mm-hmm. having things done for you. You know what I'm saying? Like in, in that respect, like, yeah, obviously I get homesick because like now I have to do everything myself. And sometimes I, I wish to uh, like be in like the dynamic of the home that I grew up in. You build like the imprint of of what your home was like in your new home, right? So like maybe for me that would be like cooking a dish my mom cooks. I think there's no there's no antidote to this like longing for for comfort in in this very like um, significant sense of the word home. And my only experience is to be um, mentally prepared like for me I haven't been home for a year I missed Christmas last year this Christmas I'm also not going home um I didn't go back during the summer the only reason why I didn't the only reason why I'm not crippled by homesickness in the sense of me really wanting to be home is that I knew um from the start that I'd probably not be home for like at least half a year or at least a year and so like when you feel homesick, you're like, yeah, I expected to feel homesick. And, 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 and I don't know, like that removes a lot of like the, the existential component of like not being able to go home. I live five hours away from home and I didn't really feel homesick at all last year because there's so many distractions, you know, like you're living in dorms, there's so many people around you, you're meeting so many new people. And that feeling never really goes away um, when everything's normal. But now during COVID, I would definitely say for like students coming into dorms next semester or students coming in to live by themselves, definitely try to join as many online clubs and things uh, as possible and try to build up like a support system for yourself at McGill, maybe even join like a sorority or fraternity, which, you know, Montreal isn't or McGill isn't known for but it can definitely be a good like source of social support, even if it's just online. And yeah, and otherwise I guess just make sure that um, you also have like sound travel plans, um, just in case you do get really, really homesick, make sure you have like a viable option to get back home with, you know, flights, trains, border closures, border restrictions, stuff like that. Finally, we ended with advice for future international students applying to McGill. Do new things, get involved, um, uh, and there's, I don't know, like go to activities night, go to whatever, like de- departmental open houses and things like that, figure out what it is you like to do, you know, use your first year to um, get involved with, in a bunch of things, and then at some point you'll you'll know what you like and what you don't, and then, you know, kind of like carry forward with the things you do like like to do because that gives you I don't know it gives you a lot more perspective I think and it you meet a lot of different people that way so you're not just um restricted to people you invest with or 
people that you that are in your program go out there and figure out what it is you like to do and then do it if you know someone at mcgill like get in contact with them or sign up for like the international buddy program so you can start like talking to somebody who's actually here um and that's super helpful otherwise like watch like youtube videos or like read reddit to decide like um like where you're going to live like which res you want to live in like what are the vibes of like yeah different reses yeah i think what's most important for like an international student is to know like your own comfort level right if your comfort level is that you you want a lot of privacy at the start of your foray into like studying overseas then then make sure that your life your first year at mcgill like gives you that that kind of lifestyle you want be it like you want to be in a single room in a hotel res maybe that's the comfort you need to be able to like feel more comfortable with everything else like go for that but if you know that you're somebody who needs like a very wide community you want to feel as though like you're not just an international student you're just another student like prepare yourself for that being from Douglas Hall I think like really was the springboard to like getting comfortable in Montreal, knowing enough people that like you wouldn't feel like an international student. We built a community uh, during our first year, and I think that's like very important to feel comfortable at McGill. For international students coming from outside of North America, I would say it's definitely um, really really fun. You're gonna have a great time, and you're gonna get that kind of American college experience uh, without kind of giving up the things that you love about Europe or Asia or wherever else you may come from um, because it does have a lot of that influence, but at the same time, it's still very North American, which I really like. Um, and then I guess for students coming in from the US, I would say, um, I don't really know, definitely get used to you know, very high shipping costs if you're doing some online shopping. Also just, you know, general availability of things being reduced because a lot of things that are available in the US aren't available in Canada, even though you might think. And definitely get uh, used to higher prices for goods that you're buying. Because even though Montreal is known as like um, a cheap city to live in, the cost of living in Canada is very, very high. Um, so, I mean, rent may be a bit lower than in a lot of U.S. cities, but definitely grocery shopping and things like that. It's very expensive. Thank you to all the student participants who took time out of their busy schedules to talk about their experiences. The statistics at the beginning of the episode were found through McGill's International Student Services. The Student Wellness Hub is open remotely to book an appointment with an advisor for off-campus support resources and more. All of our series at JHR McGill Podcasts are written, edited, and recorded entirely by students. For this episode, special thanks to Basil, Jade, Lily, and Noah for all their work. To stay updated on JHR McGill Podcasts, follow us on SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. You can also like us on Facebook to learn more. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.